Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 63, where we're discussing Catch-22 from season 3 of Lost. Is your sister in? Leave. No. Let him be, Derek. Hello, Ruth. So you're a monk now, are you? Well, technically, I'm still what they call a novice. Until the abbess. Why are you here, Desmond? Well, now that my initiation's done, uh, I felt like I owed you an explanation. Desmond, you can never begin to explain what you did. You left one week before the wedding. Everything was planned, bought, and paid for. You just disappeared completely. I had a calling. We dated for six years, and the closest you ever came to a religious experience was Celtic winning the cup. Look, yes, I was scared about the wedding. So I had a few pints, too many, maybe. I, I raised my eyes, and I asked, am I doing the right thing? And that's the last thing I remember. And when I woke up, I was lying on my back in the street, I don't know how I got there. And there was this man standing over me, Ruth. And he reached out his hand and he said to me, can I help you, brother? And the first thing I noticed was the rope tied around his waist. And I looked at him and I knew, I knew I was supposed to go with him. I was supposed to leave everything that mattered behind. Sacrifice all of it for a greater calling. Well, it's a good thing a bloody shepherd didn't help you up. Or I suppose you'd be off with the sheep, wouldn't you? Next time you want to break up with someone, Des, don't join a monastery. Just tell the girl. You're too bloody scared. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 63 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And we are discussing Catch-22, a Desmond-centric episode. And we've got a lot to talk about, not only with this episode, but other stuff related to uh, the podcast and new stuff going on. And first, I will apologize for the noise. This is like the first day we've had weather above 40 degrees in in like three months. So... We are taking full advantage of that, and the door is wide open. So I'll kick us off here. Um, okay. You know, Desmond, Hurley, and Charlie and Jen are um, walking through the jungle, and Charlie and Hurley are carrying on the conversation. You know, when Charlie trips, you know, this trap, and an arrow goes off mm-hmm. and shoots him through the neck, and Charlie dies. And of course, it turns out that we're seeing one of Desmond's flashes. You know, for him, from his perspective. Um, which was interesting to finally to get a sense of exactly what he's seeing and how much information he's actually being given to decipher what's going to happen. 
and it looked like a pretty complete picture to me. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Of exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, it was it was interesting to get, kind of get that um that pers- like you said perspective. I mean, cuz mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was just like he saw this one thing, you know, Charlie dying, you know whatever, mm-hmm. but it it was fairly um scattered but detailed. Right. You know, it was it was, it was interesting to see that. Um and that's the first thing I had in my notes as well is about that. But the the second thing I had is one of the things that he saw was Hurley grabbing the cable and this red flashing light, uh-huh. um, which, I mean, it just, I don't know. It was, uh, I figured, I mean, finally found out what that was, but it was very odd. Yeah. You know? To me, it was almost cre- creepy. Yeah, 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 just exactly. The, the ominous red light kind of flashing mm-hmm. in the clouds. And, yeah, it had a, a really eerie feeling to it. Yeah. Um, you know, we see a couple of other flashes, too. You know, the, the per- a person hanging from, you know, something... Um, and their feet kind of dangling mm-hmm. in the air. And uh, the group, you know, holding a large silver piece of material, which we find out was a parachute. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the red light flashing in the clouds. And um, he also sees Hurley pulling up the cable out of the sand, right. which we saw earlier um, in that episode way back. Mm-hmm. And uh, the photo of, you know, Desmond and Penny together. Right. And he asks Hurley about the cable and tells him that someone is coming. So very interesting. I mean, at first I'd forgotten that they we're kind of totally leading us in the direction of that being Penny. Right, yeah. But it, it becomes really obvious later on that Desmond knew that Penny was supposed to be the person coming. Yeah. And, of course, that changes, but we can get there in a minute. Yeah, definitely. So in a flashback, we see Desmond staying at a monastery, mm-hmm. um, and it turns out he had just finished a long vow of silence, uh, basically to pass his initiation to become a monk. Right. And now he's one of them. And that's apparently where he picked up his whole brother. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I told my wife. I said, yeah, yeah, that's where he got the whole brother thing from. Yeah. I mean, and it was, it was really weird for me. Like that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, you know, what the heck? Yeah. And I, I didn't, I mean, there's nothing that would make, make me think that he had been to a yeah. monastery. And I mean, yeah, there are lots of things about his past that I could kind of extrapolate, but him being a monk is not, yeah, not no, one of them. Definitely not. But, um, you know, We'll come back to the whole monk discussion okay. in a moment, but I kind of did my notes differently this time. Okay. I kind of clumped things together in terms of the storyline more than in terms of the timeline of the, the show. Okay. Uh, the episode, anyway. Um, so back on the beach, you know, Hurley asks Desmond about his visions, and Desmond tells him that this time he's not trying to prevent the vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants it to happen more than anything. And like we said, he thinks Penny is the person who's coming um, you know, to the island. And they try to get Jen involved with, with their trip, you know, since he was part of Desmond's mm-hmm. vision. And uh, he tells Hurley that they need one more, and he goes after Charlie. And Charlie asks what the vision is, and he says someone's coming to the island and totally leaves out the part about Charlie dying. Yeah. So this is definitely different. It's kind of like he's had this vision, and he wants it to happen so badly that he's willing to let Charlie die mm-hmm. in order for it to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously he's convinced that it's that it's Penny, but I'm I'm not exactly sure. I was trying to think the whole time, like why he assumed that it was. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, yeah, we saw the picture and things like that. Right. But well, I have I have my theory about that because I mean, he had the photo down in the hatch. Uh-huh. It was in the book. All of that was destroyed. Right. So he lost that photo. Right. And it's gone. So the fact that he saw it in That's the vision true. made him believe that it would be Penny because she's the only other one that would have the photo. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, but he was, like, 
dead said that it's her you yeah. know, based on that. So Right. And uh, and I think that it probably was accurate. I mean, we can talk about it more once we get to the end okay. and we have the result. Sure. But I think that that's probably what they intended for us to think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, so they continue their trek. and um, Oh, wait a minute. I skipped a part here. They get to their campsite for the evening and eventually hear the sound of a helicopter in the distance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it kind of quits or dies and someone or something falls into the water. And um, they decide to go after, you know, the thing in the water. And just then they see the red flashing light in the clouds. And it's, you know, falling towards the jungle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Desmond's excited, obviously, thinking it's Penny. So they continue to their trek to find the person and find the backpack with the book Catch-22 in it. It's in another language. I'm not sure what that was. Um, and they find a satellite phone mm-hmm. as well. And uh, inside of the book is the photo of Desmond and Penny. Yeah. And they continue on, you know, to find Penny, hopefully, and the rain begins, getting closer to the scene we saw at the very beginning of right. the track through the jungle, you know. And as they begin their conversation about the Flash and Superman, Desmond seems to get really nervous. It's like he realizes that it's about to happen right. and wonders whether or not he can go through with letting it happen or not. Yeah. I mean, the whole the whole build-up to that scene was, I mean, the whole time you're thinking, is he going to let it happen? I yeah. mean, you know, he brought the uh, first aid kit along, and uh-huh. you know, it's just um, you saw a different side of Desmond. I guess it seemed like this time he was challenging himself: would he be a coward or not? Right. You know, I mean, that's all we had heard in the past. You know, yeah. and it, it definitely, I don't know. It, it and obviously it was raining because every time it rains, something's yeah. going to happen. You know, right? Um, but it was just um, to me, it was a, it was definitely a different Desmond up until i mean even up until right you know as you said he was wondering if he's gonna be able to do it or not you could mm-hmm. tell him it's even starting to change then right but um i don't know i was thinking about that last night i was like how hard a position that would be in you put you yeah in, no doubt you know yeah it's yeah. like i think he thought maybe he could do both you know he, I, did he take the first aid kit i wonder for charlie right. or for penny yeah. good point yeah you know because yeah, i don't know in his vision he says i can't do nothing for him Mm-hmm. You know, that's true. Maybe it's kind of like if he decided to to let him get you know hit by the arrow, but mm-hmm. have the first aid kit. That's maybe, what I wonder. Maybe he could do something about it right. anyway. But yeah, he was going to try to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. Figure if I let him get shot in the throat, then maybe <laughs> maybe I can save him. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know, so he knocks him to the ground. You know, and decides basically that he's going to go ahead and save him again. Mm-hmm. And Charlie realizes then that Desmond was going to let him die in order to see Penny again. Mm-hmm. And Desmond says it's pointless to keep saving Charlie, and he references the conversation of, you know, about Abraham and Isaac that he had with the, the monk mm-hmm. and, um, and how maybe this is a test to see if he has the faith to accept that Charlie's going to die and that maybe this is his test in the same way that Abraham was tested. Yeah. Uh, which was a good point. I mean, it was, it was like the only way you could possibly explain, um, you know, why Desmond was supposed to let Charlie yeah. die. You know, yeah. if this was some kind of test and Charlie wasn't actually going to die, but Desmond was being tested to see if he would go ahead and let him, him die if that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I had written that down in my notes that, you know, obviously this is a a playback to the Abraham Isaac uh, story, and, mm-hmm. and it does seem very much much like, um, like it is, it does parallel that, that very well, but I mean, mm-hmm it makes you think of the fact of Charlie dying a little differently if he, you know, or not dying, but 
if yeah. you're able to be sacrificed a little right. differently, mm-hmm. if if it would be intervened and stopped. But, you know, you think about the Abraham Isaac story. Uh-huh. He was willing to do whatever it took, you know, and I'm going, right. oh, my gosh. You know, what? I, don't, I just don't understand that, you yeah. know. And it's the same way, you know, Desmond, you know, brought it up to his brother. And, right. the, and you know, he's like, well, then it, uh, it would have been better had he not asked me to do it at all. Yeah. You know. Right. So it's almost, it looks like he was playing that whole scene out in real life. Yeah. You know. Yeah, good point. And that goes back again to the whole conversation we've had before about the flashbacks having a direct relationship mm-hmm. to what's going on on the island. Definitely. But, but what you said just made me think, too. Um, the whole issue of Charlie supposed to die, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder how far back that goes. Right. Because at a certain point, the switch came on and Desmond was able to see the future. He was able to see what was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. But obviously, all of that was in place before he could see it. Right. I wonder if we had this conversation last time about, um, you know, Charlie being hung from the tree by Ethan and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And I wonder if that ties into this at all. Yeah, that's true. I mean, had he, he I mean, if he was supposed to die then and uh-huh. he was intervened and, you know, right. that it's still, still going, who knows? It could have went back to the plane crash. Yeah. You true. know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he was revived at that point. I don't think he was, but still i mean right and there is one interesting thing i did note that desmond makes the comment at some point about you know he's being given the vision um but if he changes any part of it it has the the potential to affect the the end result Mm -hmm. almost like he's being given a vision of the future uh, but he can kind of interfere with it right which if i'm not mistaken it goes against sort of what the jewelry store lady was saying Uh, didn't she make the comment that um the universe has a way of course correcting and no matter what you do basically mm-hmm. okay i guess it does tie into yeah, that it does, because yeah. even though he's trying to interfere and keep charlie it's from still, dying it's still going to come back mm-hmm. around but it does seem like he can change little details because he thinks penny is the person who fell onto the island mm-hmm. but clearly we see at the end she's not mm-hmm. now whether or not that was be- just because he decided not to let him die or if that was just you know, the way it was from the beginning, I have no clue. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I mean, are, are we going to, I guess we could talk about that, you know, mm-hmm. rather that's the, the case or not. But, um, I, I don't think that I think that Penny was ever going to be there. Even yeah, if really. you ha- had let it go through. I mean, I feel like that, um, uh, the woman that was, that was found, mm-hmm. she knows Desmond. Right. But, and she may have been sent by Penny. Right. Um, and you know, I don't know what, you know, what from here, I don't know if the lady is dead or, or she's, you know, alive, but, um, I don't think if had Charlie allowed or he allowed Charlie to get shot in the throat, I don't think the outcome would, to me, it doesn't seem like it would have changed. Right. So you think that the, the woman they found is who was going to be there all Mm -hmm. along and he just assumed it was Penny because of the picture in her book. And the book was given probably to this woman. So, yeah. You know, she when she does find Desmond, she knows. Right. Oh, hit the hit the <laughs> microphone. I look excited there. Yeah, it, that the this is Desmond. You know, I can tell from the picture. You know, type thing. Right. And um, I'm trying to remember what happened at the very very end of the episode. They just find the person. They see her face, realize it's not Penny, and that's it. And just cuts to the end. Yeah, basically. I mean, and she says Desmond. Oh, that's right. She wakes up. Yeah, it was just for a second. She says Desmond. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I pulled up the description of the book, um, Catch-22. It says it's a satirical, historical novel by the American author Joseph Heller, first published in 1961. The novel, set during the later stages of World War II from, ni- or from 1943 onwards, is frequently cited as one of the great literary works of the 20th century. Uh, the novel follows Usarian, a U.S. Army Air Force's B-25 bombarder, or bombardier, sorry, and a number of other characters. Most events occur while the airmen in the, the fictional flight 256 uh, squadron, based on the island of Pinoza in the Mediterranean Sea west of Italy. It has a big description of the the concept of the book and what it's all about, but I'll let people check that out themselves. I had heard of this book before, um, but I have no clue what it's about or how it would possibly relate to this episode. Yeah. Or, um, you know, if it was something to do with Desmond, you know, believing that it was Penny mm-hmm. and, you know, it was kind of a catch-22 because he, he could either let Charlie die yeah. And see Penny or let Charlie live and not see Penny yeah. kind of thing. I mean, I, yeah, definitely. I think that's... It seems the most obvious. most obvious, yeah. Right. But if, if it wasn't Penny ever that was going to be there, then that doesn't really apply. No, that's true. I mean, I mean, I know they want us to believe that, and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe it's the case. I mean, maybe how he went through with the, the sacrifice, maybe, it, maybe it's Penny. Right, you yeah. You know? Yeah, good. I just... I don't know, but, I mean, it does seem really odd to me that he was so convinced mm-hmm. it was Penny, but I think we saw everything that he saw. Oh yeah. So judging from that, definitely I can it seems see like why. things worked out the way they were supposed mm-hmm. to. So back at the monastery, I'm going back in time a little bit here. Sure. Um, you know, Desmond and one of the other priests are having a conversation about Abraham and Isaac and the man, you know, comments that Desmond might underestimate the value of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And uh, just then, a man shows up and punches Desmond in the face. You know, he ends up being the brother of Ruth, a woman he was engaged to mm-hmm. and dated for six years. And um, as we heard in the intro, he felt that he was being called to become a monk, so he left her. And uh, she makes the comment that, you know, next time he basically becomes decides he's too afraid to carry on with the relationship, just tell the girl, don't become a monk. Right. And um, I really didn't like that whole part of his history because it seemed like they were just trying to make us believe that Desmond would actually desert Penny. Right. Like, cause it may seem like so unlikely that he would do that. It's like they were trying to go back and justify it. Yeah, I definitely, that's, I mean, that's what I got out of as well. And it just, to me, it didn't, it didn't flow well. I mean, with, you know, the character of Desmond Mm -hmm. and things like that. But, um, I don't know, actually the whole idea that he was with this woman for so long and had such a this relationship with her and and then yeah. you know just never it never it doesn't fit to me into the story well yeah but, me either i mean especially for six years it's, yeah. it's, it's hard for me to to swallow this six-year time period of desmond that we didn't know anything about mm-hmm. that's so different from his character definitely so um, but he ends up getting drunk on the wine they've been producing, and the man, you know, makes the comment that they've only made 108 cases this year instead of their usual 110. Right. Of course, the 108. Right. And he says he thinks, you know, God has bigger plans for him than being a monk, and that he's just spent too much time running away to realize it, you know, what he might be running towards. And uh, Desmond asks, you know, what he's supposed to do now, to which he replies, you know, whatever comes next. Mm-hmm. So the guy seems suspicious. Oh, like yeah. He clearly seems like he's put in place, you know, there to do something for Desmond. Mm-hmm. 
which leads me to the, the next note I had. You know, he shows up at the man's office to hand in his uniform, so to speak. And, um, you know, he's, we see a poorly photoshopped, but nonetheless there, you know, photo of the man with the woman from the jewelry store. Right. And, uh, you know, the woman he spoke to in that Flashes Before Your Eyes episode. And um, he's going to get a ride with someone to town, but first had to help load some cases of wine into their car. It ends up being Penny's car, mm-hmm. and then he leaves with her to help her unload the cases, and she tells him her name. And did you notice how weird his face looked when she said her name? No, I didn't notice it, but it, it was it, weird. Was it? Was it? Yeah. It's yeah. like I can't even explain it. It was like. She said, my name's Penelope, and he, he gets a really freaky look on his face, and then she says, you know, Penny. Yeah, I noticed that part, and I, but I I mean, I, I do remember a, a, a weird look, but not like it wasn't crazy weird to me, but I'm sure, it, I mean, if I would have watched it back, I think I was more thinking about, not that I might have been talking to my wife about, oh, this is the first time they met, uh-huh. you know, so I probably missed that. Right. That. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, I mean, <laughs> there was a really weird look. Really? I mean, um, the first thing I thought, it was like either it struck a chord with him, like somebody had said something, and as soon as she said her name, it made him think of it mm-hmm. or something. But it, it was definitely an odd response, and I don't think it was just a weird acting decision. No. Could have, yeah. Maybe it's like one of those deja vu moments. Like, yeah. You know. But it's it was really odd, and I, I'm dying to know what the significance of that was, yeah. if, if anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was interesting to see their you know, first meeting and, and things like that and how they interacted with one another and how, like you said, it seems like this was put in play. Yeah. You know, more than coincidence, you know? Right. Yeah. And I do, I do think this, this episode seems to have a lot of hidden meaning mm-hmm. because on the surface it seems very, you know, there's not a lot going on, Right. but I do get the sense that there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't understand. Yeah. Me in too. This episode. Um, the last note I had here was just relationship stuff. You know, Sawyer realizes that Kate, you know, came and spent the night with him because she saw Jack and Juliet having dinner together. And he confronts her about it, and of course she denies it. Uh, but um, it's clear that Sawyer is starting to realize that she's playing both mm-hmm. sides, and he hasn't necessarily won her over Jack. Right, yet. definitely. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Anything else you had about the episode in general? Um, I mean, I, I really liked this episode. Yeah. I really did. It I was mean, really good. I, I just, um, I, to me, it had, like you said, had a, it was good to watch on the surface, but uh-huh. thinking about the underneath stuff and, and where it where this may go now mm-hmm. um, is what I think I really like about it. Right. You know? Yeah, I think, man, we are getting like a buttload no of kidding. noise. No kidding. It sounds like we're <laughs> on loss right now. There's like crazy <laughs> sirens and... You know, it's not like we first landed on, you know, crashed on an island somewhere. And yeah. Things are going crazy around <laughs> us. I'm sorry, people. You'll just have to bear with us for a moment. <laughs> We're almost finished here. Um, I did want to bring to everybody's attention. I sent out a message about it before, but we have now set up our discussion forums on the website at lostmysterypodcast.com slash forums. Or if you just go to lostmysterypodcast.com, you can click on the link at the top of the page. And we've been having a discussion over there about this whole uh, discussion we had mm-hmm. in the last episode about Ethan and his, you know, Juliet says that Ethan was there to administer the injections mm-hmm. and basically to oversee Claire's pregnancy right. at the end because of this whole issue they had been having with um, pregnant women. Mm-hmm. And we thought, you know, how odd that is considering that, you know, Ethan apparently, you know, hung Charlie from a tree yeah. 
and you know did all this other stuff kind of like a rogue you know officer or something and uh, we've been having a discussion about that over on the website and it's uh, also some really great light has been shed on the whole thing for me um, one of which was the point um, that you know Ethan did previously kill somebody yeah you know he threatened Charlie and said if you don't get Claire back to me mm-hmm. you know one of you will die every day and mm-hmm. he killed Scott or Steve we can't remember which one yeah, it was but sure. <laughs> it was somebody yeah so there were some people that thought that this is you know part of who Ethan really is mm-hmm. he was kind of like he already had a really questionable past he was really kind of deranged because oh, of the yeah. whole way he acted towards Claire when she was there mm-hmm. with him you know, she was totally sedated and on medication and he yeah, was totally taking advantage of her. And so it's almost like Ethan gets sent away from the others for a reason because mm-hmm. they start to see who he is and maybe he's not such a good person. Yeah. Because why would they send their only surgeon away? Yeah. To go do some reconnaissance work, you know? Yeah, I, I totally get that. And, and, and another thing going on along with that is, you know, why send your surgeon when you have a fraternity, mm-hmm. like a fertility and doctor that's right you know if you want to if it's all about claire or if it becomes about claire you know mm-hmm. why send why send your surgeon you know yeah exactly and, and there was also someone on the forum um, nikki tennessee from uh um from the forum she says that there were these mobisodes they were these little videos they released they sent mm-hmm. them to your cell phone so you could watch them on your phone they were kind of add-ons to the show and okay one of them gave more information about ethan's past and um, I guess that shed some light on. I haven't seen it in so long. I forget now what happened, but uh, she said it gave him more background about Ethan and what you know possible motive he would have right. for for acting this way. But I do think it you know the whole idea of Charlie committing suicide I think is out the door. Mm-hmm. But um, I had forgotten about all the dark questionable things Ethan had done. Yeah, after that point. Yeah, he freaked me out. Anyways, I mean, I the, right. even after we found out that. You know, supposedly he was helping Claire. You know, he, even recently they said that he, oh, she, he, he was trying to help her. And, you know, uh-huh. I still, I mean, like every time I saw that dude, it just was like, there's something, you know, it just yeah. something not right. But he kind of has that same, like, Ben, you know, type feeling to him. You know, like, yeah. Ben doesn't seem exactly the guy everybody makes him out to be, you know, and, and that's the same way with Ethan. It just seems like there's something else. Now, I would say on the other side of things, until Goodwin killed that guy in the hole, uh-huh. but she killed someone too. Right. Good he, point. Yeah, know, they both. They both, both killed did. someone, and and then and this is something that they're hmm. supposedly against completely. You know, Ben has said we are not the ones that you know yeah. kill. You know, and obviously they were. They killed them way before we killed any of the of, yeah. of them. So or we I'm part yeah. of them now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also. Um, but up until that point, until Goodwin did that, he seemed like a fairly normal guy. Mm-hmm. But that that side of him was completely freaky, you know. Right. Well, yeah, and hole. plus, you know, we did learn that, you know, um, let's see, Juliet and Goodwin were in a relationship together, mm-hmm. um, which is weird to me. Yeah, you know, if he's this dark killer guy, you know, or messed up guy, is Juliet? the sweet innocent that uh-huh. we think she is right or you know how how does that work yeah it's just there's a whole lot going on right now about 
like people's hidden motives and mm-hmm. hidden character and even these others who, you know, for the most part, they seem to be pretty good people. Mm-hmm. It's like a few of them scattered in there had issues and they have been both, you know, conveniently killed yeah. since then. Yeah. So it's almost like they they were sent for a reason. They were put into harm's way for a reason. Right. And um, But what was so confusing, though, was Ethan's portrayal of that, or Ethan, that's not his name, whoever the actor is, his portrayal of that character at right. the beginning versus later on. Mm-hmm. And later on, he's real nice, cordial, business-like. Yeah. The beginning, he's like, you know, weirdo. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that, there's a lot of great discussion going on over the forums. If you guys could sign up and get involved, it'd be awesome. We've already got quite a great amount of discussion going on over there. Again, that's at lostmysterypodcast.com slash forums. And um, yeah, can't wait to see you all there. The last thing is, you may have seen the discussion, we are planning to go to Comic-Con 2009. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have our four-day passes. We're working on some details. um, But we are planning on going just as visitors. We're not going to have a panel or anything like that. Um, But nonetheless, uh, we wanted to let you guys know that we're going in case any of you are going. And we can at least arrange to, you know, meet up with you guys or know who you are. So whenever we, you know, see you at the Lost panel or any of that stuff, we'll know who you are. So uh, just wanted to let you guys know about that. And we can discuss that more on the forums as well. But if that's it, I think we're all done. with me. Okay. Well, on Friday, we'll be discussing DOC, a Sun Gen centric episode. Episode. (laughs) A Sun Gen centric episode. (laughs) But until then, we hope you all have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.